Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. G'day. Thanks for joining me. This is Better Make It Quick. It's the quick version of Better Than Yesterday. I'm Osher Ginsberg, and the podcast is called Better Than Yesterday because that's what it does. It is here to help you make today better than yesterday. Something you hear on this show will help you make today better than yesterday. It's been that way since 2013, and I have had hundreds of conversations with incredible people from all over the world, all walks of life, and every one of them is here to bring you value. I'm thrilled that I can talk to you about Dr. Ian Chung today. He is absolutely a man that changed my life. He's been practicing in Sydney for over 50 years, mostly works very hard to treat people with drug and alcohol-related issues. He came over to my house to speak in 2019, and since then, Dr. Chung has been awarded a Medal of the Order of Australia for services to law, to medicine, and to the community. He is an extraordinary human being, and it is not an exaggeration to say I wouldn't be alive today if it weren't for Dr. Ian Chung. I write a lot about him in my book. He is a legend of the uh, not only the medical industry, but also the music industry. He's an incredible guy. He's spent much of his career treating addiction. So I asked him, what is a common misconception about what an alcoholic might be? Well, I think that um, this condition, of course, has been full of myths from the very, very beginning. And the changes started the middle of the 1800s. Uh, and before that, there was sort of uh, uh, the thing was it was some sort of moral deficiency or or, or weak willness or something like that. So that's how it was would have been viewed in those days. And then gradually these changed until eventually a medical model was devised uh, to see addiction, alcohol in particular, uh, was a uh, a medical disease, but. I think that we are, many of us are now questioning that as the whole answer of this, of this condition. 
So certainly there's a very large medical side to it because alcohol, amongst all the drugs, is capable of affecting just virtually every organ in the body. I mean, everybody knows about fatty livers and cirrhosis, but it attacks the pancreas, the stomach, the esophagus, the heart, cardiomyopathy, uh, the brain. Um, the people I would see at Kenmore would have had Korsakoff psychosis or Wernicke's encephalopathy, or they would have peripheral neuropathy, um, which means they get pins and needles in their body. So it's a big range of medical things. But I think that treating alcoholism really needs an even more comprehensive approach than my usual approach. In other words, I think they also need shared care. They need to be maybe going to a group where they can discuss their issues that they share with others. I think having a drug and alcohol counsellor or or having a sponsor are also required. I'm not going to exclude the doctor because they, they do have a lot of things to offer. And in particular where the condition has a very strong background, I mentioned before the need to treat the person, not just the disease, well, the person may well have a whole lot of things. They may have adverse events in their past earlier years. They may have had emotional neglect in terms of the amount of input that was put into their development. They may have had some poor role models to follow. They may have inherited certain things. So it's very uh, common for us to have other issues to deal with other than the alcohol addiction itself. Mm. So th- therefore... There is a tendency for people now to see alcohol as being a uh, biopsychosocial economic disorder. Uh, I would say that's lacking in one regards, and that is in the existential or spiritual sense, in that when people don't have a meaning for their lives, who don't have a sense of who they are, or don't have a trajectory, a direction for their lives to follow, are likely to be very unhappy. And it's interesting that that is left out so much uh, because so often I get people that might come, their issues may well be that they're doing something, they're really very unhappy doing it. I, I am, as I said, the Law Society's principal counsellor. For me to hear a lawyer say, look, I've been doing this law stuff for 20 years, but I hate it, but I don't know what to do next. They become very disturbed having that. And interestingly, in terms of meaning, it was a medical psychiatrist, Viktor Frankl, who wrote the book Man's Search for Meaning. So how come that's not incorporated into the management uh, program of, uh, of that we should all embrace fully? So I think that uh, my view with uh, with the management programs these ways, it's still in a process of being developed by our profession uh, yeah. more broadly. Addiction is very misunderstood. I misunderstood addiction before it snuck up and slapped its face on me and I realised that that was me. Having someone in your life who's an addict is extraordinarily difficult. I know that for a fact. And many of us don't know the right thing to do. I didn't know the right thing to do before it came searching for me. There were people in my life that uh, were addicted to things and I didn't know what to do. So I asked Dr. Chung 
What's the best way to approach someone that we love who we believe might be struggling with addiction? Now we're entering into the field of motivational counselling, uh-huh. which of course is, uh, is begins in the circle of the person with the issue. And I think that we'll start with certain things you don't do. You don't badger them, you don't judge them, you don't label them. And you ad- you address the particular behaviour and how that, pointing out in the simplest way, without badgering, without nagging, that this is a very concern, you know. It may be that the way which you're not going to work, it, uh, what, what's going to happen? This is, worries me a lot. So you address some of the behaviours that are clearly irrefutable. These are happening, you know. And I think that you then, having done that for a little time, you then move towards the solution. And that's just for example, like that could, that could be like, I've noticed you, you know, over the last month you've gotten to two fights or, you yeah. know, you've not, you've yeah. called in sick three yeah. times because you've been on the drink yeah. and you're hungover. Like you haven't been able to see the kids play soccer twice. Like these are th- actual factual things that have actually happened. Well, that's, that's right. Yeah. And of course there is the other one, uh, you know, you have to just go to a magistrate's court on Monday morning yeah. and just see how many of the cases involved in an alcohol. And certainly when it's something as definite as that, mm. then you can certainly – this is really a serious concern for me. I'm very concerned for your well-being, you know, uh, that this should have happened. Yeah. So I think that that's the way to go. But then you move to the solution, which is, look, I, I've heard about, well, in your case, this – this doctor, he might be able to help you. Yeah. Uh, and then so the person who's the helper needs to educate themselves about the condition. So I suppose one way to educate yourself might be for them to join with other people who have shared share that problem. They have a uh, another close member of their circle who have this has this problem, and that would be Al-Anon, of course, uh, and there they can hear what other people have done learn about it, educate themselves about the condition and then progress from using what they've learnt to stick at it and realise that, yes, it, it takes a while for people to have the insight to accept, yes, I, I'm sick of being sick. Sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah, <laughs> that's about the... It, it is, it really is. There's, um, there's a point though and uh, I remember you, we, we were talking... And I'll, I'll anonymize it, but I remember we were talking about someone close to me, and you had to explain because I tried all these things, and it still wasn't working, yeah. and it was starting to cause a great difficulty with myself. I was starting to suffer because of my relationship yeah. with this person, and you explained for the first time I hadn't heard it before. You explained the concept of a loving disconnection. Mm. Um, can we maybe talk a little bit about why, you know, at what point do you then move to that and why that's important? Mm. Well, look, it's the, one of the things that have helped me in terms of doing my work is that I can't get emotionally caught up with my patients and many of them have things that are really very moving for me or upsetting in some other way. But for me to be of use to them, I have to be capable of not getting caught up, engrossed, into their their issue. I have to be able to have a professional level of disconnect 
with their emotions so that I can still think clearly as to where, how to proceed. Otherwise, if I am caught up emotionally with it, it will affect my own cognitive abilities to be of help to them. Mm. So it's using that same model for the person that care that is uh, you mentioned that when you care for somebody, of course that is very hard to do when it's somebody you care about. In my case, it, it's professional. It's a person, and I don't have uh, much as I may have great compassion for them. I feel extremely strongly about many things that are are going on. It is possible for me to separate myself yeah. to be of used to them. But when it's your husband it or your kid yes, or that something. that becomes extremely hard. And particularly if the issues that are being brought about actually impact on mm. on the, the person, you know, domestic violence for one of them, you know, uh, uh, that does occur yeah. when people have addictions. And, um, and so it's very hard to be emotionally disconnected when you've got that sort of stuff going on. Yeah, it's clearly not easy. But it can be done. There is so much support out there. And if someone you love is addicted to alcohol or they have a, a, a destructive relationship with drinking, even if you you know don't want to go there alcoholic, if, if when they drink, your life goes to shit, there's a heap of support out there. I would recommend Al-Anon. That was the first 12-step group that I went to. Um, Al-Anon is, is there for the family and friends and loved ones of alcoholics so if your boss mum dad uncle brother sister cousin kid um, mate girlfriend boyfriend is uh, having a destructive relationship with alcohol then you qualify rock into an Al-Anon meeting put your hand up and tell them what's going on and there are people there that will help you and make your life better today it happened to me I'll tell you that's the truth if you're the person with the relationship with alcohol that is the problem there's plenty of plenty of help out there for you I'm a part of a fellowship of men and women that help each other to stay sober there's more than 11 steps there's less than 13 you can figure that part out but it's out there it's free and it's incredible and it'll save your life like it saved mine if you do the work you've got to do the work Dr. Ian Chung has some fantastic advice on how to manage our relationship with alcohol and uh, it's worth sticking around for. I do have to play an ad here. You might hear it, you might not, depending on where you are and how you listen and what you're listening on. If you do hear an ad, thank you. If not, we're right back with Chungy. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Thanks for listening. This is Better Make It Quick. Alcohol, I, I'm no 
I'm not Robinson Crusoe here, but in my life, I've used alcohol to cope with stressful times, okay? And certainly, using alcohol to cope with stressful times can definitely creep up on you. One beer after work to relax can turn into a beer at lunch, can turn into a six-pack every night. Or one glass of Chablis or Fruity Lexia after <laughs> when you get home once the kids are to bed can turn into a bottle, can turn into a cask. It creeps up slowly, slowly, slowly. People need to know how to manage their time and their work and how to end their day. And so let's assume that we've already talked about managing work and time and we now get to the end of the day. There are just some crucial things to be done before you leave. Instead of going home and having your alcohol to calm down, you need to finalise your day by reviewing your day and tomorrow so that you can contract with yourself. I've dealt with all of that. I've written down everything I need to do tomorrow. I don't need to think about it, number one. Number two, you have to put yourself into a much more optimistic mood. Be not so pessimistic about your day. Things going wrong. Oh, I didn't get that done. And that's not enough just to say, don't be so pessimistic. You have to see the other side, the perspective. In other words, you do a gratitude list. That got done and that got done. Wow, that's not bad. So you can then change your focus. And the third thing is to reconnect with who you really are. You are not the, whatever, lawyer, accountant, doctor. You are this person that has this loving family there. And what were they doing? Oh, so-and-so handed in their, their assignment. I wonder how that went. Start to connect with that. Now, having done that, on your way home, if you still feel that there is tension in there, then do something about it, not take it home and then have to self-medicate. Do some some physical activity, 20 push-ups, run on the spot. Go in, do something somewhat relaxing, get changed, have a shower, whatever relaxes you, warn the family, how you're going, and then you've sort of got a chance of being in control of your day and your emotions. You've dealt with your day, completed it, uh, rather than uh, go home in a bad state and then having to have some alcohol. My record for that was a lawyer, actually, and he'd have a bottle, bottle and a half of wine with dinner with his wife. That's quite excessive. The big problem really wasn't that. After that, he drank a whole bottle of whiskey. Good Lord. Yeah. Every night? Yeah. Did his liver just pack up and leave? Good well, Lord. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. Well, that's, of course, an extreme. Yeah. But I extreme. think that uh, even if you're just drinking your, you know, three to five beers, you're starting to yeah. use that too much as a, of a crutch rather yeah. than managing your day and yeah. ending your day and dealing with your tensions, you're actually just going home with a tension and then having to drown them. And then everybody, uh, someone might have yelled at you at work that day and then your kids, then that energy is reflected off you onto them and then suddenly they feel bad. Like what? Now the energy, like the echo of what they did from that person at work has now affected the family. You will project your internalised feelings. You're really frustrated with the job so you come home and your wife says the washing machine is not working, the frustration then is compounded. Yeah. Your wife will get double the frustration. Yeah. 
because she's going to get the dose that you brought home. But what, what's interesting about what you discussed just then, and thank you so much for sharing that little protocol because it kind of underlines how I feel that when people ask me about the work that I, I do every day, which I, I do a fair amount of work every day. This You mentioned gratitude. Where is it? This book right here. That's all the gratitude lists are in there, the uh, sense of self, all the stuff. I write it down every day, every day. I spend, mm-hmm. I sit here, you know, Six or six o'clock in the morning, have a cup of coffee and write all this stuff down, and I work out. And there's like, a, there's a bunch of stuff that I need to do every day, sure. but because of that, I end up having a far more deliberate, effective, productive life than if I was using another way. Mm. And that's that's the interesting thing. Yes, it does take a little time to do this stuff, mm-hmm. but it allows me, particularly with the the wrapping up of one day and the planning of the next, which reminds me, I should do more of that because. <laughs> then I'll go to sleep a lot easier. I'll wake up a lot easier. Um, It does take a little bit of time, but the investment is so worth the payoff. Oh, absolutely. It it needs to be somehow incorporated in a way. I mean, probably I should imagine you have physical hygiene, but you need to have also, you know, mental hygiene and you have to have sleep hygiene. We're just using the word hygiene metaphorically. You have to clean up your act in every way, not just with your shower, but also with how you prepare for your sleep, how you prepare for your day, how you end your day. This this is just what we do. It's not, will I organise my day today, this week or not? Why, why is there a question? What, the, the, it's unimaginable why you wouldn't get yourself a bit organised. <laughs> I can tell you, my life became better once I stopped listening to my own ideas that had got me to a terrible, terrible place in my life and started listening to the ideas of my doctors and just did what they told me to do. They went to uni. They've seen thousands of patients like me. They know what works. They know what doesn't work. So I just shut up and I did what they told me. And when I did, life started to get better. And gratitude is one of those things that Chungi told me to do. And I can tell you it works. Taking just 10 minutes at the start or the end of your day to be present, to be grateful, to be purposeful, It's incredibly helpful because it actually starts to rewire your brain so the world you perceive becomes different. It's very important to do. Ah, You can do it every day. Massive thank you to Dr. Ian Chung for sharing his story and his expertise. He's an incredibly talented man. If you want to hear the whole conversation, you can scroll back in the podcast feed to listen to it. He's he's got a great story too. Chungi's fantastic. I'll see you in a couple of days. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you to Bree Steele, who produced this episode, uh, Rachel Barrett, my executive producer, Andy Ma, my audio producer, Toe Hider on the music, and you for listening. If you need anything, send Osher email at gmail.com. Please rate and review and follow, subscribe to the podcast wherever you can. It really helps me out. Until I see you next time, sleep well and dream of beautiful things. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 